Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. That's... That's odd. It is a little strange, I mean, right? What, why is it repeated? I'm Alexander. And I'm Diogenes. And you're listening to Atheists Read the Bible. Get ready for a spiritual journey as two godless atheists read the Bible from cover to cover. Will they learn to love Jesus? Or will they continue to forfeit their souls to Satan? Find out what happens when the Bible stops being polite and starts getting weird. So this is the word of God, right? Is, it, is God like speaking slowly so the dilettantes could understand him? Is, is well, that... he's talking to Moses, right, on the top of Mount Sinai. Do you think maybe Moses at that point just couldn't hear him? Like, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> and I, I said! <laughs> <laughs> and I finished! And it was good! No, 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 no. Good! Good! Uh, that, that's all a possibility. <laughs> I mean, over the crackling of a burning bush, you know, it, it's... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, so get on with it. <laughs> so God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. We just covered that. <laughs> yes, we did. But this time he hallowed it. Yes. God rested. The first Sabbath. All right. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> That's me resting. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. God loves making it rain. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... Plants, 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 plants for everybody. <laughs> Imagine during the initial population, it was like Oprah. Like, plants for you and plants for you and herbs for you and herbs for everybody. Okay. So there's, there's a bunch of things with this. One is... Uh, we're, we're starting over again, right? God already made all these things. And he's resting. And, and now, and we have an inversion from, uh, thus, uh, so, so Genesis 2 begins, thus the heavens and earth were finished in all their multitude. And, uh, in Genesis, what is this? Genesis 4? Uh... In the day that the Lord God made the earths and the heavens. So it's inverted from the first one. So this is actually uh, this, according to what's called the documentary hypothesis, we've just crossed into a different source of the Bible. Uh, so we'll be referring to Richard Elliott Friedman's The Bible with Sources Revealed. Dun, uh, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, this 
the part, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Uh, Sounds is, like the beginning of a terrible soap opera. Yeah, but it's supposedly this was these added are the days by... Of our lives. This was added by the redactor figure to bridge the first source, which is called the priestly source by biblical scholars. And God tends to be like impersonal and very like up there. And it deals more, it's like more specific about like, you know, how it was like, these are the days that he did the things. And we're going to see him do a lot of the the same. He's creating all the same stuff in, uh, in the second story. But uh, he creates it in a slightly different order. And there's also a difference in the name of God, uh, which... Uh, we should really get a Torah in here because this, all this just says <laughs> is God. There's a lot of footnotes, but there's no right, right. footnotes anywhere. I see lots of sevens and fives. Well, you got to look at the bottom of the page. Well, these are A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> The the seven the seven and the five are verses that A B C D are footnotes. Oh, <laughs> but okay. So you see the the Lord God. So this Lord with the capital L is actually the first appearance uh, in the Old Testament of the Tetragrammaton. Oh. So we have the personal. Should we try that again, where I go ah, while well, you go the tetragrammaton. Yeah, sure. The tetragrammaton. <laughs> so we have the first, the first usage of God's personal name, and this, uh, according to Richard Elliot Friedman and probably some other biblical scholars, uh, in this section, uh, this is the only part where it says this weird in Hebrew. It's Yahweh Elohim. Right. So uh, the we're entering what's called the J source or the Yahweh source. And it's the source that calls God Yahweh or Jehovah. It's the same thing. Right. Yud hey vav hey. Right. And so the 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 idea is here. Uh, the redactor has added the word God to like bridge the transition. Because the, 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 and the name of God. So what you're saying is the original source would have just said Elohim. Or would have just said Yahweh. Or would have just said Yahweh. Yeah, and Elohim right. is like the flavor text to say, oh, this is what we called them before. So right. carry that line through. Yeah. Because otherwise from Genesis 1, uh, from Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis uh, 2 verse 4, you'd see this, uh, this transition in the name of God, which is obscured by the translation, obviously. Um, but it is strange, right? Because it took us like three or four days in, in, in the last round to get to a planet and plants. And, the, and now this is all done. Also, okay, so we have in Genesis, we have these two different creation accounts. Uh, these creation accounts also uh, bears similarities to other stories of the ancient world. Uh, there is parallels with uh, the ball cycle and the Atrahasis. And when we get to the flood, there's, there's a ton of different ancient flood stories. While we're still in, in the mode of creation, uh, I want to read a <laughs> little bit. That sounds sexy. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, it's, it's, the mode of creation. Oh, dude. But that's chapter three. No, it's going to get way sexier in a second. 
Um, so, so in, in Genesis one, right, it's the, the Christian theology and Jewish theology holds that God creates the universe out of nothing, right? It's an ex nihilo creation myth. Well, it's coming out of the waters. Right. It's, it's not, not out of nothing. Exactly. So there's another type of creation myth, which is a, a battle with chaos, right? So in Genesis 1, we have the upper waters and the lower waters. In Enuma Elish, we have Apsu, who uh, symbolizes uh, the primordial, uh, like the lower waters, which is like the fresh water, the water that's beneath the ground. And then uh, we have Tiamat, who symbolizes chaos and salt water. Uh, so so uh, I'm going to read the beginning. I'm going to try and do it in like a different voice to differentiate it from uh, from the Bible. But uh, but I, I, somebody's Bible. I, I think I don't know if it's totally necessary. Right. Well, it, it's a Babylonian. It's a Babylonian version of a story. Uh, that they would have recited on the new year. Uh, so there you go. Uh. <laughs> the battle between Tiamat. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good now that I, I recognize what it is. We'll have we'll, to uh, yeah, we'll, dub we'll over the, the, uh, the audio we'll cue. Well, actually, no, you know, we'll get sued when we use that, so. We'll know. just have to change the key. We'll just dump that over. <laughs> um. Good thing I'm, I'm tone deaf. <laughs> when in the height heaven was not named, and the earth beneath did not yet bear a name, and the primeval Apsu who begat them, and Tiamat, the mother of them both, their waters were mingled together, and no field was formed, no marsh was to be seen. When of the gods none had been called into being, and none bore a name, and no destinies were ordained. I gotta say, Alexander, you sound like a uh, Babylonian... Um, I, I just had it. <laughs> um, a Babylonian Bob Dylan. Yes, that's what I was going for. It's, I could I could only do like three voices. Oh. I could <laughs> I could also do uh I could also do like a generic hick or a woman from Brooklyn. You'll probably hear both <laughs> throughout the course of this this uh this podcast. I think um, T any any voice that Tiamat has should be the woman from Brooklyn. It is where the water started apparently, so so that, but, but you've actually just touched on something with that that is also very interesting because it doesn't say that there are two separate waters. It says that it states very clearly that Tiamat is the source of both waters, it, um, meaning that uh, Apsu, the lower waters, originally were part of Tiamat and then split off. Well, okay, so there is, okay, so two things about this. The part where it says in Genesis 1, uh, darkness covered the face of the deep. The article the is added by translation. And the uh, Hebrew for deep is very close in basically the same etymology as Tiamat. Yeah. So you could easily read it, darkness covered the face of Tiamat. Um, like an eclipse. 
<laughs> okay, so you remember there was also a wind in Genesis 1, and you made a bad joke about which end this wind from God <laughs> came from? Uh, yes, yes, I have a vague recollection. Uh, well. I make many windy jokes. So. <laughs> well, I want to I want to read you the part, the part of uh, Tiamat's confrontation with Marduk. So uh, this is the Babylonian version of the myth, which is the whole thrust of the story is setting up Marduk as the head of the pantheon, which he wasn't previously, but he's the patron god of babylon and this is the babylonian version so anyway so this is from uh marduk's battle with tiamat and the evil wind that was behind him he let loose in her face and as tiamat opened her mouth to its full extent he drove in the evil wind as yet she had not shut her lips the terrible winds filled her belly and her courage was taken from her, and her mouth opened wide. This is Babylonian South Park. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> okay, so so let me move on. To, this is, this is so he kills her. And then he comes... With, with farts. Oh, my God. And then he comes back. If there's not... I mean, if, if this is coming out of the void, how, is it, how does he have such bad indigestion? And then he comes back to her corpse. He split her like a flat fish into two halves. One half of her he established as covering for heaven. He fixed a bolt, he stationed a watchman, and bade them not to let her waters come forth. So this is a lot like God creating the firmament. So right. in, in Genesis, we have God creating, he's got these upper and lower waters. He creates the firmament to separate them, and we exist in like this bubble. Uh, protected by the firmament from these waters. And in Enuma Elish, it's Tiamat's corpse. And her eyes become the uh, the Tigris and the Euphrates, or the tears from her eyes. And her tail becomes the Milky Way. So she has a tail? Yeah, she's like, uh, she's like some kind of chaos demon. She raises this whole demon army. The story is way more interesting, because... <laughs> okay, so the, could these be like the the space leviathans that were mentioned? Right, there was, there was some mention in in Ge the Genesis one about space, space sea monsters, sp sea, mon sea monsters. Yeah, that's From another the symbol of chaos. Yeah, right. And the leviathan that appears later on is supposed to be, uh, is supposed to be part of this motif of the battle against chaos, which is common to a lot of different uh, mythology scared populace in the world that they don't understand I, I can definitely understand the symbolism well and people also think so the way he kills he kills Tiamat in a really brutal way I think he finishes her off with an arrow it's not actually farts that kill her but um but people think that it's it's uh, about this changeover from matriarchy to patriarchy i can see that because i mean especially if it's an arrow and he's splitting her in two i mean just in the common vernacular that sounds right and with the beginning of the world it also makes me think of like birth metaphors and stuff so if you think of like 
giving birth to the world and being split in two to give birth to the you, you know what I mean? But the waters would flow. I mean, because like uh, the the placenta and the, the all of the your water breaks. What is that? The, amniotic uh, fluids. There you go. Right. The amniotic fluids. <clears throat> you don't station a guard to keep those amniotic fluids back, nor put a bolt to keep the placenta on the wall. Um, I mean, I like... would. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the smell would be awful. Right? But suppose not worse than Marduk's farts, though. Um... <laughs> Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted the Garden of Eden in the east. And there he put man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made grow every tree that is pleasant to, to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um... This is also very strange, right? Because previously, all the plants and animals right. and all the things were created before. And now, is it is it being taken as read that all of that stuff existed before and it's just that this one little plot of land where God is, you know, making a terrarium? Um, <laughs> because, you know, he makes Adam, or a man, um... Yeah, from Adam's the dust. Man, right. So Adama is dust. So it's Adam from Adama, man from dust. Um, and he breathed into the nostrils, which is also a trope that comes back again and again, making things out of clay and then breathing life into them. Right, and that's how man is created in Anuma Elish. It's Marduk actually, uh, who so so Anuma Elish. Uh, there's Apsu, who's the primordial freshwater. There's Tiamat, who's the primordial saltwater. And they create some gods. And then those gods are like kind of noisy. And Apsu is planning on uh, killing the gods. And Tiamat hears about this and uh, tells Yah. And Yah kills Apsu. And then, uh, which you would think might be the right move. But then Tiamat goes crazy and pretty much declares war on the gods with her demon army, her children gods. I mean, this right. sounds a lot like the, the Greek origin stories and the Titans and, and the, uh, the, the, the regular Greek pantheon that lives on Olympus. Yeah. Right? Because you had the, the, uh, the Titans who existed before the gods and the gods were created um, as the children of the, the Titans and they were much, much smaller. And then the, the Titans start picking off the gods and the gods wage war uh for their own um continued existence uh it, it's funny how we we see these same stories or at least the same tropes happening over and over again right so it's the man in enuma elish it's man is made from clay uh mixed with uh king Ooh's blood uh so it's like this mixture. It's this man-god kind of mixture that happens. And so, so we also just introduce the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this kind of, uh, the, the, these are both like, well, the one is, it's definitely like a trope 
in mythology, right? Like the tree of life yeah. uh, kind of idea. Um, and it also it also appears in uh, Epic of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh gets a uh, that is a fruit that's gonna make him live forever. And that comes on the tree of life. No, is does it? Someone gives it to him. It's uh, but it's the same. It's the same idea. It's like the fruit of uh, immortality. Well, wasn't that uh, again with uh, Greek parallels? Wasn't that something that Hippolyta had? Was a, a box of immortal apples? Oh, really? Or am I thinking of? Um... Yeah, she had the golden apples, and and the gods would eat the golden apples, and that was also. Uh, part of the Norse tradition. It was somebody who had a box of golden apples. Uh, Freya, maybe? And all the and one of the big stories was Loki stole the box uh, and all the gods started getting old. And he had to recover the box from the land of the giants um, so the gods could return their vitality through eating these, these magic apples. Um... And this, this tree with the knowledge of good and evil, I'm sure we'll be getting to that in depth a little bit later on, but it seems to be an interesting thing to grow on trees. Um, <laughs> out of all the things you would put on a tree, knowledge seems a bit abstract. Well, there's um, some people think it's a figure of speech that means like from good to evil, meaning basically everything. Like, like, like it, it is a, an encyclopedia tree. Right, right. Um, Again, that's pretty abstract. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine just like non-Euclidean geometry sprouting from this tree. Like, don't go near that thing. <laughs> I would, yeah. If it was non-Euclidean, I would stay the fuck away. Man. Like, you can't comprehend that. Okay, so we're phasing in and out of reality. <laughs> a river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides and becomes four branches. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of the land is good. Bedelium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Kush. That sounds like a great land. I want to go there now. The name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. So it's interesting because this is the first time we've seen um, place names, right? Like Never before has there been like any localities assigned. We see both Assyria and... Well, Eden, we don't know where that is, though. That's not like a, a place, like a historic place. Like, it's just like some nebulous... Yeah, Assyria, there's like history. Like We, we can pin down, like, the, the Assyrian Empire existed at this time. So... Are you saying Eden is a fictional place? Well, I mean, this is atheist truth of the Bible, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know, man. You're making some pretty radical statements right now. <laughs> <laughs> Eden is all is is where we are in our hearts, man. Where we are in our hearts. The non-Euclidean tree of knowledge of good and evil. But yeah, so we we have 
you know, these solid place names that's saying that this this somehow exists north of right the Tigris and Euphrates Valley and it, because the a river is flowing out of this one area and feeding these other four rivers right that don't necessarily seem to be connected I, I'm not looking at a map right now uh, maybe we should have done that some foresight there <laughs> maps this is auditory man I don't know how we're gonna show our audience a map it's not for them <laughs> we have something to riff on uh, but there was a second place, right? Ha- uh, Havilah? Yeah. It's an, it sounds like an ancient place. Uh, do you have any... Did you do any forework on that? No. <laughs> um, so, should we move on to the next thing? Yeah, I think so. Okay. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall die. So he can eat out of the tree of life all he wants, but the non-Euclidean tree that's phasing in and out of reality he's got to steer clear from, Right, and if you eat out of the tree of life and you live forever, and if you eat out of the tree of knowledge, you die, isn't the most rational thing to eat from the tree of life first and then eat from the tree of knowledge. I mean, that would make sense, but there's no... That's like a universe-ending paradox on day eight. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. How, how, where are we in the in the day cycle here? This is, there's no uh, no more mentions of morning and evening. Well, we left the priestly source. Remember, the priestly source was very methodical. But this is supposed to be one was book. Created one. <laughs> it's a pretty big plot hole, don't you think? <laughs> we're, we're having we're being told this epic creation story in eight days or seven days. Seven days. There's a rest period, and then after he rests, he does some more stuff. Apparently. Apparently. And redoing the things he already did. He, she, it. I mean, there's... Have we seen... We just see the Lord God. We don't see Lady Eliezer, tell us God is definitely male. How do you get that from this, though? I don't know. Because, well, because God made man in his image, right? And then he created woman later. So woman's one step removed. In the second story, in the first story, God creates man and woman simultaneously. That seems like some uh, some post facto uh, religious establishment ki- trying to control the people and insert patriarchy, giving a ground for uh, precedence by order of creation and birthright. Fuck the system, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> with you. I'm with you. Bring it down. So I, I still think it's very strange that the knowledge of good and evil... Um, will cause you to die. I wonder what what specifically, as part of that process, um, would do that. You see, you feel like you'd, uh, like with any child, right? If we have this like fatherly God figure, right? wouldn't it want its children to know of good and evil so that it, they could make good decisions? Mm. Maybe not sit on the pricker bush uh, or you know, beat the animals with the pricker bush that he's previously tried to mate with. Has that happened yet again in this one? Because, right, we had... 
God hasn't created prickly bushes yet because there's still no original sin. You got to wait until Genesis uh, 3. Everything's still friendly right now. Not necessarily true, right? Because it says that uh, we just talked about God growing every tree that's pleasant to the sight and good for food. Mm-hmm. Raspberry bushes are prickly. And those are delicious. Yeah, but they didn't have thorns yet. Neither did roses. I don't know, man. I think that's a stretch. I'm just talking theology now. That's what people believe as far as I can tell from Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great primary source. Then the Lord said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. So, so here in this, in this telling now, right, we have separating the earth from the heavens, and then some plants, and then a guy, and then after the guy was all of the rest of the animals. You know who we should bring in on this? And now, back by popular demand from the unaired four-and-a-half-hour pilot, Eliezer the Jew! Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's definitely a different order. It's a different order. And I don't recall off the top of my head any Jewish explanation for this. Oh, we beat him. We beat him. I mean, I guess if I looked, I could find something. Or next week, if if you guys can get that, that like real Jew on... Um, the practicing Orthodox Jew, he might have something up his sleeve. I don't know. I think we should break out the lamp and look for the real Jew. Oh, you'll find him. Cronite's Brooklyn, man. Okay, so, I, so this is really weird that originally animals were created to be companions to the man. Because in verse 18, God says, oh, poor guy is lonely. Let me make all these animals. And poor this guy. Is why, this is why the rabbi said... That's why we have dogs. First yeah, well, ish. The the rap the traditional sacred. Is this when the lion takes straw? If if all the if all these animals are now friends, is this when the lion takes straw? Yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. Oh, so so the rabbis say that that first Adam tried to fuck every single animal. Jeez. <laughs> oh, where yes. is, are we gonna have to censor this whole whole thing? No, I think I, I think this is part of the a big part of the process. What what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not joking. This is what the rabbi. So so what happens is the the Bible says the man was lonely. God said this is not good. Let me make him some company. God creates all the animals. God brings all the animals to Adam. Adam calls them names. If you know what I mean, and then then does it wait? What it was what, like, so like hey sexy? <laughs> like oh, there's a kangaroo. Hey sexy, how you doing? Okay, read 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 verse twenty. Can, can, can continue reading, and you'll see what I'm talking about. The man gave names to all the cattle, eyebrow raise, <laughs> <laughs> and the birds and to the birds of the air, to every animal of the field. It seems like he's going smaller. Okay, but to the person, he could not find a helper opposite him. So God, so Adam. Right, but none of those have out, opposable thumbs. Right, except maybe the out, raccoons. He, he's checking out all the animals, and none of them are his 
I don't know how they translate this. Um, like helper, partner. It says both of those things. He's insinuating that man, in turn, fucked all the animals. Yes, yeah, no, I'm I, not I, I, he up. said that pretty straight out. No, what I was <laughs> gonna ask about. God damn it, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> so, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Okay, so there, there's there's one more part that I need to lay out before you, and then I will have finished presenting the traditional Jewish view. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. I remember what I was going to talk about. Yeah. I was going to bring up from the first chapter, we started out with a Siamese half, hermaphrodite, mm -hmm. hermaphroditic Siamese individual who's both right. genders. So right. that both genders have gone away, but they've gone away in this uh, way that minimizes that the woman's just a rib and she's not, he, he doesn't split well, Adam in half and half of it's a uh, right. man, half of it's a woman. Yeah. Yeah, you got it's, that it's, a it's, a, it's a different. Well, Did we're, we? We're didn't about, we just do that? No, we didn't. We we oh, read I'm about. Sorry. We're we're about to get there. We're literally up to there. Verse twenty one. Somebody want to read? <laughs> <laughs> so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he closed up the. Uh, then he Wait, what? No, no, you skipped a line. No, so the oh yeah, I did. You're right. So the Lord God caused deep sleep to fall upon the man. And he slept, and it took one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and brought her to the man. And the man said, drum roll. What did he say? <laughs> what the, what the... We need a drum roll or he's not going to read it. What did he say? Oh, okay. <laughs> this. At last is bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. So is okay. this where the boner comes from? Uh, oh, God. You can't, you can't keep making those jokes. <laughs> That's so heteronormative, because you can get a boner even without a woman. It's, it's okay. true, but the context of this story. Yeah. So, so the rabbi said that Adam says, this time it's like my own flesh and blood, contrasting it with all the other, all his other fuck buddies were not his own flesh and blood. And he's, yeah, that's what it says this time. Like, there have Wait, other so times. the first time he doesn't commit bestiality, this is what yeah. he says. Yeah, he's like, ah, this is the shit. This is what I've been waiting for. Fucking all those animals, that wasn't the shit. This is it. This time, it's bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. This is the shit. That's so what the he really says. wants to like fuck it? himself. You know what? Isn't that what every relationship is? We really just love ourselves. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, th I don't know. I don't know shit about relationships. You don't go all right, verse 24. Therefore, a man will abandon his mother and his father and cleave to his wife, and they will be one flesh. And then it ends off on this cliffhanger. Wait, 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 hold up. Yes. How does he know what a mother and father is? He was just created from some dirt. Oh, oh, so, so verse 24 is no longer a quote from Adam. This is now the narrator speaking. We're back to the narrator. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. The nebulous yeah. narrator. I mean, who is like, he? Every, Tell us who he is. You know, every 
time you read a book, you obsess over who the narrator is? You just read the no, book. No, because in a, in a well-written book, you know who the narrator is, and it's part of the, the narrative to get no. you to empathize with them. Because mo- they're mo- usually the main character. No, mo- what do you... Very often, the narrator is not the main character. No, but you're like, I well, it there's fuzzy areas, right? So you have like different kinds of, uh, yeah, like you have different kinds of first person narrative. Like you could have a first person narrative in film. It doesn't mean you shoot everything literally from that person's point of view. It just means scenes that happen without them don't happen in the movie. Right, right. But the Bible is not one of those books and but how do we well who is it written by was it a guy who saw it or a guy who um it was stories on stories on stories on stories yeah do you want the historical answer or do you want the jewy answer first one then the other okay so the 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 jewy answer is that when moses was on mount sinai god dictated this whole thing to him and moses wrote it down this whole thing to this point I mean, everything like the, the five books of Moses were all dictated word for word to Moses on Mount Sinai. That's that's a traditional Jewish understanding. That must have been tedious. <laughs> he spent four. He spent a lot of time talking to God on Mount Sinai. So he then God's time. the narrator. I, I mean, except that God is God is referred to in third person. So no. that begs some questions. It's like Puck. Puck don't need this. Puck don't need any of this. <laughs> I don't know about Puck. Get that one. Zero. You get a okay. Nineties. Okay. Think nineties. Top yeah. forty. Honey, I don't know. No, no, Eliezer. Trust me, you'll know nineties top forty. Is, is it a song or a singer? No, I'm not saying a specific thing. I'm just saying, instead of referencing absolutely anything else from pop culture, stick to 90s Top 40 and we'll be all right. Baby, one more time. We'll oh, yeah, understood. I know that one. Uh, yeah, I know that one. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, so Diogenes, did, did Alexander tell you why I know 90s Top 40 and not any other music? No. It is because in the 90s, uh, every week I would go to an art school and we would paint beautiful pictures and the radio would be playing in the background. And I became familiar with the songs they were playing in the background. So I know the and this was during in the 90s. But then in the 2000s, I was ensconced in yeshivas, in Jewish schools, and I did not listen to any music. What a so beautiful that's why story. Know, yes, that's why I know 90s top 40, but nothing else. Sorry, I didn't mean to trivialize your uh, past. Yeah, whatever. NBD. <laughs> NBD. So here we see some heteronormativity right here in verse 24. Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So I, I still don't understand where the parents are coming from. How is he? How is anybody leaving parents in any situation where the concept then, of parenthood doesn't yet exist? Right. So the narrator. And how do they both give leader. birth to the kid? That seems strange, doesn't it? Because then they're brother and sister, and that's gross. Yes. But at this point, no such conception could possibly okay. exist because we've only gotten one guy made okay, out of dirt, fine. and then a woman made out of a rib. Like I. Right. 
Okay, so so I will leave behind the Jewy version and tell you the historical version, which I think will be a lot less mysterious. Um, these were stories that people would say, and they would just tell them over and over again. Eventually, they wrote them down. So it would happen when people were saying the story, they would be talking about Adam, and they would pause in the middle and say, BTW, this thing that Adam did explains why today we do the thing that we do. That's it. That's it. Does that, does that sound reasonable? So why didn't God edit those problems out before he dictated it to Moses on okay. the top of Mount Sinai? So so now we're switching from historical version to Jewy version again? Both um, are true. Nothing is true. Everything is true. We are all one. That's false. That's a really long tagline. <laughs> I feel like the way they split this into chapters doesn't quite make sense. Like, verse 25 really should belong in chapter 3. Because verse 25 is, like, leading up to whatever's going to happen in chapter 20, chapter 3, which I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want to spoil it, and I don't want to start chapter 3. But the, them being naked and not being ashamed is going to be a very important theme in chapter 3. So everyone started off as a nudist. Yes. But there were only two of them. Yes. No parents. God? But they're leaving the parents, the father and the mother. The narrator is pausing the story about Adam and Eve to tell his readers, this is why we do what we do, because of what Adam and Eve did. This happens other times in the Bible also. Like there's there's this scene where Jacob is fighting with an angel or fighting with a man and it stops the story about, oh, he gets injured in his sciatic nerve. And then it says... It Wait, stops they knew the, about nerves? He, he was injured in his Gidhanasha. I don't know. I suppose what is that? Gidhanasha, I think it's a sciatic nerve. I don't know. Oh, okay. Gidhanasha is a Hebrew word. He, he's injured in his Gidhanasha and... The Bible stops talking about Jacob and his Gid Hanasha and says, therefore, the children of Israel do not eat the Gid Hanasha until today. So again, it's saying a story about Jacob, but it pauses and says, this thing that happened to Jacob explains why we do what we do. Reasonable, I think. I think it's reasonable. The Bible can stop in the middle of a story and tell you why it explains what we see today. So it's like an aside. Yeah. To Moses. So Wouldn't you be freaked out if you were Moses? <laughs> no, no, like, if it was a parenthetical, and it was like, oh, God. He doesn't use parentheses, he's God. There, there was no punctuation in the original Bible, literally zero. Oh, oh actually, no, I take that back. That's a whole they, they new used, level. They, they used, um, they, they had, I guess if we wanted to, to use modern language, they had tabs and they had carriage returns. But that's it. Okay. Yes. So they have I'm, paragraphs. Yes, but that's it. Uh, do you know where we are? The end of chapter two. You finished chapter two. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, shit. Wee! It's only taken like four hours. Yeah. Oh, my God. At this rate, we'll be to Jesus in... <laughs> any day now. Yeah, any day. There's a lot before Jesus, man. Um... 
Why are you being so Christian-centric? You know, the, the, the Hebrew Bible is not just the preview for Jesus. The Hebrew Bible is a thing in its own right. Tune in next Sunday to find out what happens when Adam and Eve eat from the Tree of Knowledge. Will they die like God said they would? Or is the Bible an imperfect document full of contradictions? Hear the opinions of a real-life believer, Simon the Catholic. All that and more next Sunday on Atheists Read the Bible.